are recapping a busy weekend in baseball. It is Monday, April 9th. First question for you guys. Who sucks more, the Braves or the Yankees? No. Oh. <laughs> you sound like you're down on our boys. Is right. that your World Series matchup, right? Was it? I think it is. I know I had the Yankees. <laughs> I forgot who I took out of the NL. Oh, you said the Braves were I your did. team yeah, this yeah, year. That's right, they are. Yeah. yeah. That's... I'd feel better as a Yankees fan than I feel as a Braves fan right now. Swept by the Mets. What is that all about? we got a lot to talk about today. Getting you set for Fantasy Week 2 here on Monday morning and reviewing the weekend. First, let me tell you about Touchback starring Kurt Russell and Brian Presley. A great movie to see with your family. And it also has some great football action. Brian Presley plays a former high school football star who gets to revisit that critical moment in the state championship game. He can either let his fate unfold or follow a path that will change his future. Touchback opens in theaters April 13th. You're going to want to check that one out. we got three up, three down, the rotation, some injuries, news, and notes. And uh, first segment, guys, great pitchers with bad starts. We'll talk about those guys after I give out the information. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash CBS Sports Fantasy Baseball, at CBS Fantasy BB on Twitter, at CBS Scott White, at Nando CBS, at Adam Azer, and at Al Melk CBS, Al M E L C. And send us an email, fantasybaseball at cbsinteractive.com. So, yeah, we saw some guys get lit up. What Any, a, anybody stand out? Yeah, what? What about that? bad pitchers with great starts? What oh, we, have to those, that one? They, we have those later. <laughs> oh, okay. We have those later. You mean uh, the. Uh, Jeff Samarges and yeah. Lucas Harrells. That's what I mean. Although we could argue whether or not they're bad pitchers. We will. We yes. will. Yes. <laughs> that, that's coming up. Who stood out to you? Guys like Lincecum, Gallardo, Johnson, Sabathia, Shields, Heron, Beckett, Felix Hernandez, Bumgarner, Latos, Matt Kane. Uh, I would say the only one who gives me any reason for doubt is Josh Beckett just because he was dealing with the thumb issue at the end of spring training and there was concern whether he'd miss the start and hey, he's been so up and down over the last few years anyway uh, that I could see this being a beginning to what might be not such a great year by his standards but the others uh, you know it it happens <laughs> first start of the season I, I'm not worried James Shields, um, outside of Beckett. Scott stole my Beckett argument. But, uh, you know, James Shields, we all jumped on the Shields train last year. And, I mean, if, if you look at his history, uh, he has some bumpy years mixed in there. This, this might, you know, be a, be a harbinger of things to come, possibly. Do you really believe that, Nando? Or are you just looking for another guy no, no, to no. talk about? I was watching. I'm like, you know, James Shields, people go gaga over James Shields. But, you know, he had some bad years mixed in with those brilliant ones. With the brilliant one, I guess. I, I'd be worried about Latos. Of all those guys. And Beckett, because of the injury. Well, you know, it's interesting with Latos. Was it a calf? He got he got hit by a comebacker on the calf for, I don't know, some part of his body. And, and yeah, it was his calf. When, when he came back, his velocity was a little down the next start. So, okay, yeah, I, I don't think it's a long-term worry, but worth mentioning. Let's play three up, three down. Later on, some more hitting and pitching planner stuff. Check those out on the website, fantasynews.cbsports.com. But also, if you missed Friday's podcast, we did some start-sit stuff for week two there. Uh, three up, number one. Now, I was brilliant enough to put a $2 bid on Carlos Pena. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget who defended league. you. Yeah, thank <laughs> you for that. Wow, we had that conversation before he hit a grand slam on Friday <laughs> afternoon. Uh, he also homered Sunday. He missed another one on Sunday, just barely. He's hitting 500, two home runs, seven RBIs. 
owned in 90% of leagues, but Scott, you're the hitting planner guy. Uh, are you starting him this week, Carlos Pena? Well, whether or not I'm starting him, whether I'm not or not I'm buying him are different questions. I could, uh, let's see, Tampa Bay, two lefties on the schedule. Eh, some so-so matchups. I could see going with him while he's hot here. He's always been a streaky player, but looking long-term. Him, Scott? <laughs> He's hit 224 over the last four seasons. I, I don't see how you can buy him as anything more than what, exactly what he has been, which is a streaky uh, source of power who's going to drain your batting average. Okay. That's a fair enough argument. Yeah. yeah so I, 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 but the power is going to be there, which I think is, is a valid Yeah. You know, he argument. is what he is. Yeah. For your two dollars, that's a wonderful deal. <laughs> I also picked him up in the podcast league. He went undrafted. <laughs> NL Central shortstops here, three up, number two. Zach Cozart and Rafael Forcal both hitting over five hundred. Cozart owned in seventy four percent of leagues. He's got a home run, two doubles, and two runs batted in. Forcal two steals, three RBIs. He's owned in fifty five percent of leagues. Nando, who are you more impressed with? Uh, you know, Cozart is, is a name not a lot of people know outside of Cincinnati. Um, and I, I think I think he's given. I mean, obviously he's owned more than for a call, but uh, I think Cozart's gonna gonna have the staying power more than for a call. Who you know could tweak something along the way, might slow down with the steals. Um, but Cozart, I think he's for real. Full season out of him is gonna be nice. Yeah, I go with Cozart pretty easily. For call played more than half the season last year and had nine steals. I know he has two already, but uh, I don't see him improving it from that at age thirty four. Who would you rather own for Call or Ian Desmond? <laughs> well, I don't like Desmond at all, but um, I think I'll go with him over for Call because I don't see for Call getting more than three hundred thirty bats or so. I think it depends on what you need, though. I mean, I, I, I'm going to stand by for Call, you know, hitting thirty-five steals on the season, possibly forty. I know. No, I looked it up. You know how many forty steal seasons he's had in his career? One, two. All right. <laughs> maybe he just hasn't had Mike Matheny as his coach maybe not <laughs> maybe not Yoana Cespedes three up number three three home runs seven RBIs and 13 at bats are you buying this I'm buying it in the way I buy an Alfonso Soriano homer streak to begin the season I think he had one of those last year he did um seven K's in those 13 at bats and zero walks so I mean, I'd start Suspedes right now if I owned him because clearly he's hot, but I I think he's going to cool off significantly. Uh, He'll provide power all year, but it'll come in spurts, and there'll be a lot of strikeouts, probably a low batting average. Um, So I'm not not, uh, at all going all in on Suspedes here. All right, three downtime now, three players not performing so well to start the season. And I'm going to start with you, Scott, here with three down. Number one, Alex Gordon, 0 for 13 with a walk. I know that you wanted to avoid Royals last week. They had some tough matchups. Is that what's happening here with Alex Gordon? Yeah, I'll go with that. Sure. I still believe in Gordon. Uh, was great this spring. Was great all season last year. And, and it was mostly a result of him changing his, uh, his whole swing at the plate. So I, I don't think there's – I don't have good reason to doubt him yet. Nando, three down number two, Red Sox bullpen, <laughs> Aceves and Melanson. They they had a horrible weekend kicking things off in Detroit there for the Red Sox, just blowing saves, blowing games. 
what do you make of this situation right now? I, you know, I was watching that uh, on the live box score as it was unfolding, and I saw Sevens got lit up. I'm like, all right, you know, maybe this Melanson thing will finally make a turn for me. And nope. then, you know, refreshed, and there it was, the, the Melanson getting bombed by uh, the entire Detroit Tigers team. I, uh, man, I don't know. I always thought of Sevens, if, seriously, if Beckett's thumb is really a problem, and this is what Scott was talking about, a problem with his thumb that's going to kind of kind of play out. Uh, you're going to have probably a Sevis go back to the starting rotation. And maybe they'll try Padilla. Well, I mean, they do, they do, there were little hints of Padilla being a closer for a little bit during the spring, and there's always Bard, so it's not like they don't have options. Was it last year? I think last year Padilla was actually the Dodgers' closer for like a week. Then he got hurt, and Javi Guerra came in. Uh, but, but aside from that, there's also Bard. Did you just say that, yeah, Bard? Yeah. And... Uh, after yesterday's game, Bobby Valentine was asked about it, asked if Bard could be an option for the bullpen, and he said, might be. So I, I don't think that's what the front office wants, but that that battle continues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, who would you rank these three closers here? Because Jim Johnson, since we last spoke, Jim Johnson is the Orioles' closer. Hector Santiago is the White Sox' closer. So Santiago, Johnson, and Aceves. And it should be noted that Jim Johnson is off to a nice start here. But rank those three guys, Nando. Uh, I put Santiago number one. I put Jim Johnson number two. And I'd put Aceves slash Melanson as a very distant number three. Three A and three B. Yeah, I, I got the same order. Uh, Santiago by far is the one I want the most. And you have him in the Roto League. I try to pick him up. I do. I, hey, I picked him <laughs> up. Everywhere, I, even before he got that save, I, I had him in a surprisingly high number of leagues. It didn't seem like anyone was buying into him. He cost me $26 in Tout Wars last night, in the, the midnight during the, the blind bidding. Really? I bid 32 someone else bid 25 so by those victory laws, it brings him down to 26 And you got him? I got him. Mm-hmm. I got Lidge for 7 Well, Santiago, look, I'm buying a closer for the entire year, which, you know, it's, it's different than the auction prices when you're playing with a fab, and there are zero bids allowed, so if I need some crap outfielder later, I can just put zero on him. But. Sure. He looks like he's going to hold on to that. Yeah, I think so. Colby Rasmus is hitting 067, one for 15. He's owning 66% of leagues. How would you rate his job security in that Toronto outfield? They seem to really like him. They didn't. They they didn't. Um, they he was the center fielder from the beginning of spring training to the end, and and they have a lot of outfielders there, so they could have easily made it a competition. He was like. 125 is batting average for this spring, so this is this is a continuation of that. It's a continuation of what happened after he came over from St. Louis last season, and I have to think there's going to come a point, you know, if this continues for another couple weeks, where Rajay Davis or, or Travis Snyder can get in the mix. Um, I would uh, I would be concerned if I owned Rasmus in a deeper league where there wasn't any options to pick up off the waiver wire. Let's go to the rotation, some pitchers who caught our eye. How about the Orioles starters? They were great. Jake Arrieta, seven shutout innings Friday. Tommy Hunter the next night, seven innings, two unearned runs. Jason Hamill on Sunday took a no-hitter into the eighth inning. Nano, is this just the Minnesota Twins factor that they were playing the Twins? <laughs> you know, I think it's easy to say that, but, I mean, the Twins aren't a, a terrible offense. You know, you got Maury, you got Morneau, you got some bats in there. Um, you look at these names, Tommy Hunter. Had had some had a great little run with Texas a few years ago. Uh, Jason Hamill, remember he was the prospect coming up with Colorado. He was a big deal. Jake Arrieta, you know, I, I'm sure you know he's capable of good things. And you're not even talking about Madison here. Um, maybe it's some Buck, Buck Showalter surrounds himself with with really good coaches and good people, and he knows how to win. And 
you know, they could be for real. I, I'd like to make the argument that three of these names you're seeing here are all at one point in time a top prospect in the organization, and maybe they're just squeezing the most out of them. I'm not rushing to pick any of these guys up. We, You might remember what happened with Chris Tillman and uh, Zach Britton at the start of last season, but Arietta was eight strikeouts per nine until he started having elbow troubles last year, and Jason Hamill has apparently added a sinker to his repertoire that was highly effective uh, (laughs) yesterday. And that's a big reason why he had success. And and like Nando said, there is some pedigree there. So uh, definitely worth watching going forward. All right, Hunter's owned in 9% of leagues, Hamill in 8, and Arietta in 34% of leagues. Chad Billingsley, 8 and a third on Friday. No runs, 3 hits, 11 strikeouts, and 1 walk. I'll put him in that Dempster-Bedard category. Who would you rather own? Billingsley, Dempster, Bedard. I'll go Dempster um, because I I was confident in him coming into the season. His numbers have been, aside from the ERA and win-loss record, just looking at strikeout rate, whip, uh, his numbers have been very consistent over the years. Billingsley, his whip has been pretty awful the last two years, and strikeout rate has been up and down. So so while he might have a, a higher ceiling than Dempster, I still trust Dempster a little more right now. And, and Bedard with the injury risk, I rank third. I like Bedard. I know you just set us up. Dempster's Scott's boy, and you know Bedard is mine. So <laughs> you know well, where we're Scott going wasn't here on Friday when I said that I'd rather have Dempster than Johan Santana. That's true. Um, we had the whole Dempster-Bedard Bedard debate on Friday. So I just wanted to let Scott get in. I didn't throw Billingsley in the mix. Hey, in Billingsley's yep. defense, uh, he was he was Clayton Kershaw before Clayton Kershaw. His name came around. I mean, I remember Billingsley was a name oh, everyone yeah. was propping up big time when he was coming up. So are you buying this start, or is it just? Oh, maybe. I mean, obviously, it's it's one start. It's a very impressive start. Yeah. Eleven strikeouts and eight point one innings. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, a horrible start for uh, horrible might be stretching it, but. Francisco Liriano was bad, and so was Jair Jurgens. Who concerns you more, Nando? Uh, Jurgens. I, I, I've never been a huge fan of Jurgens, but I've always liked Liriano. And I was buying into Liriano's whole, you know, I was hurt last year. I had the show all, all last year. I had shoulder problems, guys. <laughs> so this, this is not very promising, but, um, you know, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt for, for one or two more games and then adjust accordingly. We hired him for his Liriano impression. and there That was go. not an impression. <laughs> that was just my go-to I'm lying voice. All right, Cl- <laughs> Clayton Richard is owned in 18% of leagues. Seven innings, no earned runs, three strikeouts against the Dodgers, two hits, and no walks. Uh, let's compare Clayton Richard to Arietta, Hunter, and Hamill. I would put him about next to Hunter as third on that list. Uh, I, I don't see a lot of upside with him. He's a guy who doesn't get a lot of strikeouts but tends to walk a f- good number of batters anyway. Uh, and that's just like the worst type of pitcher <laughs> you could own in fantasy. So if you're picking up Arietta or, or Richard, it's not even a question. You go Arietta. Yeah. Now let's look at the injuries, news, and notes. Doug Fister's on the DL. Any timetable? No, not really. It's I, a side. It's very, yeah, very it's vague about it. Probably like... Six weeks would be my guess, yeah. but it's it's a complete guess. Do we know who's replacing him? I would think it would be uh, Oliver, the, uh, or um, or could uh, it be Dwayne Below? Yeah, yeah Below. Dwayne Below, I think, was the guy who lost out to Drew Smiley at the end, so he would be. He was already up there though in the bullpen, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, you guys like him? Uh, I think think we just answered your question (laughs) for you. We didn't know who it was. (laughs) (laughs) Kyle Farnsworth out four to six weeks with an elbow injury. 
And it does seem pretty clear after one weekend that Fernando Rodney is a better option than Joel Peralta. Would you guys agree? Well, it, it was kind of a strange situation. Rodney has two saves, but both of them were one-out saves. And, and originally, Peralta started the inning that Rodney finished the first time. Yeah, I mean, I guess if I was picking up one, I'd pick Rodney because he has two saves. But I, I don't think it's it's completely a cut-and-dry case yet. Would you drop a Seves for Rodney? He's owning 31% of leagues, Rodney. Yeah, I would. I, I don't see a Seves... I think we may have seen the last of him as a closer, honestly. Would you drop a Seves for Rodney? I think I would. Um, I, I think Seves' value is in his, his long relief starter role. I don't think it's really – I mean, maybe Bobby Valentine saw something, but it's obviously not translating well. Jed Lowry on the DL with a thumb injury. Michael Pineda may not return until early May. Scott Baker's elbow acting up. That sounded like bad news, Scott. Yeah, because it acted up the entire second half last year, too. This, uh, I don't like the road he's going down here. Uh, we said Jim Johnson, the Orioles closer. Hector Santiago, the White Sox closer. Michael Moore, still not sure when he'll return. Probably want to sit him this week, right? Yeah. Okay, he's eligible to come off soon, but it's too risky. Right, yeah. No sense starting him. And what do you get, two days out of him at best? Three days out of him at best? You know, there's got to be someone better out there. Like Carlos Payne. The Raphael for calls in the world, yeah. <laughs> uh, Ubaldo Jimenez, Nando, he's going to drop his appeal, he'll serve a suspension, but it really won't matter. This is just cheating the system. I, it's so stupid. They use an off day to basically make him make it so he doesn't have to skip a turn. Uh, he will get a start this week at Kansas City, and he was great. And I'm skeptical of him. He had a bad spring, but he was great in his first start. He was. Very impressive. I, uh, you know, I got him on a bunch of teams. I got him at what I thought was a great value for even if he had a mediocre year. So I didn't watch him to see how hard he's throwing. But if it's not like high 90s, I, I'm still skeptical of him. He didn't have many strikeouts that game. Sean Markham, is he going to pitch this week? He's scheduled to have two starts at the Cubs and at the Braves. I actually have him starting in one league, just hoping. Uh, I think he went four and a third innings in his last rehab start, so... It's possible he's not quite there yet, but he's scheduled for two starts, and you know, a pitcher like him, I'm going to go with him in a two-start week, whether he's just coming off the DL or not. Tim Hudson is progressing, hoping to get back to the Braves by the end of the month, and is there any timetable on Tim Stauffer, who is on the DL? This stuff's tricky at the start of the year. I don't know. You know, Stauffer missed a bit of spring training, too, so I don't, I don't even know what the time to <laughs> Let's just default to two weeks. Okay. I yeah, Scott, I mean, it you, doesn't I mean, seem like a, a calf. Uh, you know, the Jimmy Rollins line: "Calves are tricky cats." I don't know how many times we've referred to that on this podcast. The official over the last Jimmy couple Rollins years. line of the show. Yeah, sure. That's it's going to be on his tombstone. Now, I think. do you have a uh, voice you want to use for that one? No, it's the same voice for everybody <laughs> when they're when they're, when I hear some BS about you know blaming my shoulder. It's just uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll, I'll work Blame on a new voice. Yeah. I'll work on a new voice for you. Uh, some more from around baseball here. <laughs> Jeff Kepinger, barely owned. He's getting at bats. He's hitting 444 through three games. He's hitting cleanup. He, he didn't well, on he did Sunday, on but he did on Friday. I don't know if he did on Saturday. But, yeah, I mean, he's getting at bats, and, he, and he's hardly owned. Red Sox outfielder Ryan Sweeney hardly owned. He's hitting 455. Who do you like better, Kepinger or Sweeney? Kepinger. I think Sweeney, I mean... You know, whenever Carl Crawford comes back, Sweeney's going to kind of be pushed off into. He's already in kind of a platoony thing, the way Valentine explained it. So, you know, Kepinger looks like one of those Madden guys. He's just going to loop in whenever he can, put him at DH, bat him clean up. Why not? There you go. There you go. 
Yeah, I mean, I'll go with Kepinger too, but I don't know that I'm owning either in mixed leagues. Um, you know, Kepinger, it's going to be a, it's going to be between him and Sean Rodriguez once BJ Upton gets back. Two home runs for Aaron Hill off Madison Bumgarner, no less. <laughs> yeah, are you pumped? I am not exactly pumped. No. I feel about the same as about Hill now as I did before the season started. It's going to be tough to get <laughs> anybody on this show to change their opinion after one weekend. Yeah. Disclaimer. Probably should have given that disclaimer 20 minutes ago. <laughs> All right, two more categories here. These guys struggled, and these guys didn't struggle. Let's start with those who struggled. Who are you most discouraged by? <laughs> Corey Lubke, Gio Gonzalez, Bartolo Colon, Kerry Wooden. Well, let's throw them later. Throw them in later with uh, Joe Nathan. So, again, the starting pitchers. <laughs> Lukey, Gio Gonzalez, Cologne, Buckholtz, Max Scherzer, Mike Miner. <laughs> I like your notes on Buckholtz and Scherzer. was horrible. <laughs> they were. They, they yeah, went they, against each other in that 13-12 game yesterday. They were awful. Yeah. So who concerns you? Pick a couple here. Um, or if, if nobody does, then don't pick any. I still trust if I drafted Scherzer, Buckholtz, Gonzalez, Lubke, you know, bad starts happen. Sometimes the very first one, I, I feel pretty much the same about them. Cologne and Miner, I wasn't as high on as maybe the general population was to begin with. Uh, Cologne got everybody excited with that eight inning start in Oakland, but I think he's just as capable of, of these starts as, as those good ones. And then Mike Miner, uh, He's had a he's had some control issues during his time in the majors, not severe ones, but enough that is he really going to go beyond five or six innings most of the time? And if he does, is he going to be effective beyond that point? Uh, it's not like his career ERA in the majors is so great right now, so I, I think there's reason to to wonder about that. Yeah, I uh, I really expected more out of Clay Buckholtz. I thought he was going to come out just firing balls down after missing. You know, more than the entire second half of last year. So, I don't know. I, I'd, I'd like to see what Buckholtz does his second time out before I get down on any of them. I mean, the rest of these guys are pretty established, I think. Well, maybe not minor, but, you know, Gallardo, you can, you can excuse away because yeah, Gallardo he's got a terrible, terrible history against the Cardinals. Cannot beat that team. He stinks against the Cardinals. <laughs> they absolutely own him. Um, and then the bullpen guys, Nando, Kerry Wood and Carlos Marmol, both struggling for the, for the Cubs. And Joe Nathan for the Rangers, he saved the opener, took the loss on Saturday, gave up a home run to Alex Rios. Yeah, Nathan looked good. Um, Wood, Wood has been terrible, man. Wood, Wood is not – I mean, he's two games now where he's just been – the first game, zero innings pitched, three walks too. Jeez. So, I mean, as long as he's bad, I don't think Marmol has much to – and Smarge is a starter. Right. I don't think he has much to worry about. Fair enough. These guys didn't struggle. So who are you most encouraged by? Luke Hoshaver, Lucas Harrell. Uh, Jeremy Hellickson, I forget him. He's too good. But he was, he was at, he's too <laughs> no, good for this No, people were list. doubting him. He was, he yeah, was Mr. Uh, bad Baybip or yeah, unsustainable Baybip, I guess I should say. Yeah, he, well, he dominated. <laughs> Ridiculously good Baybip. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Hoshaver, Harold Hellickson. I think I just wanted more H's there. Samarja, Nicasio, Bud Norris, and Derek Lowe. Derek Lowe. This is this is what he really? does. Not a lot of strikeouts, ton of ground balls. You know, against the Blue Jays too. I think it's got a pitcher low is when he gets into a groove and he starts. You know, 
getting guys to hit to where the, the, the fielders are. He's, he's a very effective. He's not exciting, and he's not I, one of my strikeout guys. Yeah, I feel like the pitcher low is is a guy who goes six innings and gives up four earned runs. That's what I felt like I saw the last three years. Was it three mm. years he was in Atlanta? Um, and, and last year in the second half, oh, my gosh, he might be the biggest reason for the Braves' September collapse. If you were just putting it on one player, it might have been low. And, and he said, I think there was some mechanical issues going on or whatever, but he's like 38. So, now I, I can't get excited about low. I, I can get excited about most of these other guys, though. Uh, Norris, I already thought was worth owning. Good combination of, of strikeouts and uh, pitching deep into games there. Nicasio. A lot of upside, had a good spring. Samarja, uh, other than other than Norris, if I if I was ranking these guys, Hoshaver, <laughs> I, I have a hard time with that name. Hoshaver, <laughs> Samarja. There's an easy way to remember that. It's pretty easy. <laughs> Although it might be Hoshaver, but I think it's Shaver. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> Hoshaver, Samarja, Nicasio, and Norris. If I was ranking them the order I'd pick them up in mixed leagues, I would go Norris, Samarja, just because it was so darn impressive, and he has the RP eligibility, then Hoshaver, then Nicasio. But honestly, all of them, I think, are worth picking up if you could justify the roster spot. Do you have an order there? No, I mean, uh, none of them, I mean, Nicasio, it's good to see him do well after what happened last year. Smarja, I don't know if he's going to run out of gas towards the end of the year. Um, Hellickson, I know we, well, we've taken him out of the list. I think yeah. Hellickson's the most impressive because... Well, yeah. I, I mean, I, I get the feeling that a lot of these youngsters, when they first come up, you know, get, get kind of handcuffed by, uh, by pitch counts and stuff like that. And maybe this year's Hellickson's actually being able to pitch the way he wants and you know, not having to worry about pitch counts and innings limits and stuff like that. Yeah, and I guess we'll leave all the lowbrow comedy to, to me and Nando. We'll, we'll <laughs> yeah, Scott, Scott rises above it. <laughs> Scott's got to hit me in the face with a pie later today, but Oh, nice. Yeah. It's not you. It's, uh, no, Hamley George. hit the home run. Oh, he has a home run. Hanley okay, hit the home I, run, I didn't yeah. think either of them did. Okay, boy, yeah. did Hanley hit yeah. a home run. He hit the heck out of that. But I think George Sedano, our host of Fantasy Baseball three hundred and sixty five o'clock Eastern on on the website live video show, um, starring Kurt Russell. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think he should get hit with like six pies because Hanley's defense has been so bad. Oh, did you see that? The was it yesterday? Yeah, the, the weird grounder to third that he just gave. He gave. That's the problem. The he whole gave up inning, on it. though. He, he gave up terrible. on it. Reyes chased it down and held the guy on first. You guys have been watching a lot more Marlins than I have. Uh, that one I saw but, the highlights. Free TV, but, Scott. But while we're on uh, the subject of uh, players making the conversion to third base and not doing so well with it, Mark Trumbo has three errors already. Wow. After four this spring. And, you know, that's so. interesting because I see him in the box score playing third base, and as a Trumbo owner, I like that. But now but making the errors, I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, that's... I mean, he might get the five games to uh, be eligible there the rest of the season, but if they can't trust him to play it, I mean, there's nowhere else to play him, really. So the at-bats won't be there. Yeah, at least it's not Kevin Euclid, who's already gotten a day off. <laughs> the third day of the season, right, they yeah. gave him a day off already. That's bad. That's no good. That's not good. Uh, starter sit time. We'll just do this uh, briefly because we talked about this on Friday. Scott, I read your your sleepers and your busts for fantasy week two at each position is there anything you'd like to add best matchups anything like that well, you read them on friday yes, i believe sir. it was I've, I've since then i've changed the sleeper at first base from justin smoke to adam dunn 
Uh, I'm starting to become a believer in Mr. Dunn. Based on he already has between if you count spring training both years, he already has half as many homers this year as he did last year. <laughs> so that's uh, pretty encouraging about the bat speed there. Yeah, you know, they showed a stat last night during the game that he had the lowest. He was at Sunday Night Baseball. He had the lowest batting average in the league last year with runners in scoring position. And I was like, well, he, he had like the lowest batting average in every scenario. Yeah. You know? Come on. Yeah. That's just kicking a man. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was barely lower than his season average. Anyway, um, go ahead, Scott. Yeah, and that's the only one I changed. So, uh, so who's got good matchups? Anyone you really like? Well, yeah, there are a couple teams I really like. Uh, Seattle has a seven-game week, first four games at Texas. I think that's why I chose Justin Smoke initially as a sleeper, but he's like one for 17 so far, so I don't want to stick with that. Um, yeah, Texas themselves have good matchups, four games at Texas, and then three games against the Twins rotation. Those are two of the six teams with seven games this week. The other four are the Brewers, the Nationals, who I like their matchups too, uh, the Cubs and the Reds. A uh, good uh, a team with six games whose matchups I like are uh, is the uh, where'd they go the Giants. They have three games at Colorado and then three games against the Pirates rotation. So I think uh, let, let's see, and five of the six uh, pitchers they're facing are righties. So I think uh, guys like Melky Cabrera definitely start this week. Uh, Aubrey Huff might be a decent start as a left-handed bat. Brandon Belt, who I. He either has one hit this season or doesn't have a hit yet. I, I'm still a little concerned about Brandon Belt because there were issues with where he was standing at the plate, and they kind of changed their mind at the last second and said, okay, well, maybe he's ready for the majors after all. So far, it's looking like the same situation we saw with him at the beginning of last year. So uh, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to start him even with the favorable matchup. So you like the Nationals. Are you going to start Adam LaRoche? Well... You could certainly make the argument. I, I still don't see him as a standard mixed league type yet, even with the two home runs already. But when he gets hot, I mean, he's shown he can be one of uh, that type of player. And usually he saves the hot streaks for the second half. Uh, but I, I think if you're, if you're hurting a corner infield, he's someone you could look at. Kyle Seeger, can we look at him this week? He's going to still be playing with, uh, with Mike Karp on the DL. And let's see, five of their seven games are against righties, so he should get the vast majority of the bats. It's a good matchup. Again, I'm not really thinking in terms of mixed leagues for him, but there's some sleeper appeal there. Nando, are you going to roll with uh, Carlos Pena this week? Yeah, of course. Why not, man? I love, I'm love. i dazed by uh, by power. <laughs> I don't care about a 220 batting average. And Scott, you said in your hitting planner that David Wright won you over. Yeah, he did. You you did check that updated version there. He did. That home run he hit against the I, I did I think he just called you out, man. <laughs> well no, I you read it Friday, you might not read it again. That's not uh, I mean I'm looking at it. Yeah. Oh yeah. well good job. Thank you. Good yeah. work, Adam Azer. <laughs> David Wright won you over. <laughs> David Wright won me over. His home run, I think it was Saturday, was to the opposite field and it would have it cleared both the old and new fences at City Field. I think that's reason enough to believe he's feeling comfortable. He, he also has like four or five singles already. That abdominal injury is is still might rear its ugly head at some point, but it's not affecting him at the plate right now. 
Not that anybody. Any hitters jump out at you this weekend? Sean Figgins. Yeah. I'm loving Sean Figgins, man. And he's playing, and he seems to be fine wherever they put him. That's, that's, he's, it's a renaissance. Okay. It's a Sean-assance. Okay, hey, let's do some pitchers here. Starter sit this week. Some two-start guys that I don't think we talked about on Friday. Would you start Brian Mattis? Did we talk about him on Friday, Nando? Uh, maybe. Uh, you know how many times these names <laughs> yeah, come up in the court? I, I hope Between we Between this, the chats, the show, <laughs> the, show <laughs> the columns. Well, he's owned in 37% of leagues, which seems a little low. But he's got the Yankees at home and the Blue Jays on the road. Ooh. I'm starting him if I own him. I mean, a two-start week. Uh, if I own him, I obviously trust the upside. I trust the good performance this spring. And although those are some crummy matchups, uh, I, I, you know, if if just one of them's decent, he'll he'll make it worthwhile with the two-start week there. <laughs> All right, that's dangerous. Jay Happ. I live dangerously. <laughs> has the Braves at home and the Marlins on the road. Two teams that aren't really hitting that well. Could you make any case in a deep league to roll the dice on Jay Happ? I mean, you could make a case. I'm not going to do it. I, I wouldn't advise it, but um, you know, Hap, he's got skill. I, I, he's just—I don't think he's harnessed it. It's you know, he was—he was a name we were tossing about a couple of years ago as a, you know, future star. Yeah, he never put it together, but maybe. I mean, who knows? I, I really can't. I'm, so I'm trying to be nice. You know, if, if someone wants to start Jay Hap, I'm not nice. starting him. I'm not telling people to start him, but don't be surprised if he has a couple of good games. Blake Bevan at Texas, home against Oakland. No, I'm not starting him in a mixed league. I maybe he if if you're one of those people who scoops up all the two start options off the waiver wire, he'd be in the mix. But to me, a game at Texas probably going to get pounded a hittable pitcher like him, and and I still just don't trust him even with good matchups yet. A two start Bevin or a one start Clay Buckholtz at Tampa Bay. I would go with Buckholtz. A two-start Brian Mattis or a one-start Max Scherzer against the White Sox, Nando? That's interesting. That's very interesting. I'm going to go with Mattis. I, I like to defer to the two-start pitcher when it's that close. Starter sit Lucas Harrell against the Marlins, coming off a great performance. Maybe in like an NL-only head-to-head league. <laughs> okay. And even then, probably not. Starter sit Derek Lowe against the Royals. I'm going to sit him, but I'd consider him for the very end of my bench in a deeper league. Starter said the guy who's going against <laughs> Derek Lowe, Luke Hoshaver at Cleveland. I like Hoshaver more than I like Lowe, so maybe. Depends how deep the league is, and standard mixed league's probably not a one-start week. Okay. And you just got very animated there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Starter said Jeff Samarja or Carlos Marmol? Samarja has St. Louis, and he's RP eligible. Ooh. I go that way until Marmol seems to to write himself. I mean, look, you picked up Hector Santiago. Marmolade. No, I'm going to go with Marmol still for a full week like this. If Samarja had two starts, it'd be different. Uh, But while I'm picking up Samarja, I'm not so anxious to throw him in my lineup right away because it is just one start. You you, you pick him up because you got to beat everybody else to the punch, but you don't start him until he he shows a little more uh, consistency there. Time to read some emails, fantasybaseball at cbsinteractive.com. Put podcasts in the subject line. Here's a question from Alex. Who of the following three players is a better DH this coming week? 15-team, 5-by-5, weekly roto league with the usual categories. Three players here. (laughs) Is it a 15-team in a lonely league? No, it's not. But 
These are some crummy players. Go yeah. ahead and read the names. AJ Pierzynski, <laughs> Jerry Harrison, and Tyler Pasternicki. Ay, ay, ay. I will go with Pierzynski probably because I think he's the best hitter of the three. And since the White Sox, all six of their matchups are against righties, I think that's the case. Uh, no, one of them is against the lefty. But still, he'll he'll play. Um, He'll get the vast majority of the starts over Tyler Flowers. Mark in Little Rock, Arkansas. I've got James Shields, Max Scherzer, Francisco Liriano, and Sergio Santos in my 10-team mixed league. Someone tell me I shouldn't panic. <laughs> Be calm, man. It's, it's not, I mean, it's not like it's May right now. You know, it's not like it's June right now, even. We, we've seen one start from all these guys. Could be potentially bad matchups. Sergio Santos is the only one to be kind of worried about. I mean, they're treating well, him like, oh, he's he's great. We're trading for him. He's the most solid reliever ever. He's, he's pretty he darn. One, he's, he's pretty solid. Season. He he's had one good solid. season as a closer, though. Yeah, I mean, that's all it, you get sometimes if you're a closer. Yeah, the job turns over so quickly. Uh, I I feel pretty good about all these guys. If if you offered them to me, I would probably take the trade because you'd probably be selling low on them, and I'd be pretty happy getting them. Yeah, Scott Miller writes his weekend buzz column, kind of recaps everything. And just to, just to give you an idea of how you can't make too much of the first few games, the last time the Rays, I don't remember the exact stat, but the last time the Rays started 3-0, and they lost like 106 games. <laughs> Franchise and, record. And I think the last time the Yankees, I heard this yeah, on the radio. 1998, or, yeah, 1998 was the last time they started 0-3, and they... Won 115 games that year. Yeah, but whenever Kentucky wins right. the championship. Yeah, that's right. And whenever Kentucky yeah. wins the championship, the Yankees win the World And Lincoln Series. was Kennedy's secretary. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Dan from New York. Six by six, 16-team head-to-head league. Hits is an extra category. Best three players out of this group. Brian LaHare, Eric Thames, <laughs> Vernon. What? And I like the way he spelled LaHare. He, he got the he got the other version of hair H A R E, oh, which is Brian. appropriate with Easter yesterday. Like, but yeah, that's true. Like, what did I say? Scott's <laughs> laughing at me. Brian Lahair, <laughs> Eric Thames, Vernon Wells, Matt Gamble, Jed Lowry, David Murphy, Ian Stewart. Lahair, Thames, Wells, Gamble, Lowry, Murphy, David Murphy, Ian Stewart. So we're thinking long term here. I would put David Murphy at the top of the list with his triple eligibility and. Looks like he's picking up where he left off last year with the hitting. And then my two and three would probably be Gamble because of the third base eligibility and, and Lowry because of the shortstop eligibility. <laughs> I'm, I'm still hoping this is his year. He apparently figured out something he was doing wrong against right-handed pitchers last year, which is why splits were so crazy. Uh, and, and I think I, I still hold out hope for Lowry. Give me your top three, Nando. I, like, uh, I love David Murphy. I love him. Pa- yeah, I power, that. baby. And I like LaHare and Thames. Oh. Uh, that's, I, LaHare, I think, can flex a lot of power, and Thames is probably going to play every day. He looks good. His minor league numbers look good. Yeah, I was referring to Daniel Murphy with the triple eligibility there. David Murphy is different. Uh, David Murphy <laughs> probably wouldn't be on my list, although I do like his matchups this week. Dan from I, New York. I would, I would put LaHare over David Murphy. Go see if Daniel Murphy's on the wire. <laughs> Those do Murphys. Where's Donnie Murphy? Come on. Ryan in Philadelphia, good morning, Miami Darlins, instead of the Marlins. 14-team yeah. head-to-head points league. Which two starting pitchers should I start in week two? Henderson Alvarez, Brian Mattis, Giovanni Gallardo. You should start Gallardo. Yeah. Is, uh, 
Is Henderson Alvarez a two-star guy? Yeah, he is. Henderson Alvarez has... Boston and Baltimore, which I think is is a little better than Mattis' matchup. So I'll give... I I like Alvarez's upside, too, so I'll give him the slight edge over Mattis. However, I would not cut Mattis for Alvarez if both... If Alvarez was unowned in your league. All right, now to pick a player for the utility spot. Sean Rodriguez, Pedro Alvarez, Cody Ross, Eduardo Nunez. You know where I'm going. Pedro Alvarez. I'm yeah. a fan. I remain a fan. Really? Okay. Since they tweaked his little his leg kick. Then Pedro Alvarez it is. Yeah, he looked, he looked all right. Mike in Michigan. Dear Fantasy Baseball Projections, in reference to the movie Inception. Now, Mike, I'm only going to say this because I know you're a loyal listener and you're not going to have your feelings hurt. But if you have to explain the reference, <laughs> probably not a great reference. <laughs> but, Mike, your question is, which relief pitcher would you start for Fantasy Week 2, Javi Guerra or a two-start Hector Noesi at Texas and at Oakland 10-team league, points league? I'll probably go with Guerra here because Noesi has yet to make a start this year. <laughs> you know, it's a two-start week, and that's that's a great thing. But if if it's two miserable starts, you know, closers are still uh, are still pretty safe by comparison. And I think the Dodgers might get a Guerra might get a healthy number of save opportunities with the Dodgers going against the Pirates and Padres this week. Well, I think Nando's going to disagree. Now, look, I. It, I think it's silly. But this is a, it's ungentleman. <laughs> I know it's ungentle, but you know what? It's it's if you if you can't beat him, join. If people are going to play by these rules, and I'm going to have to beat them, I'm going right. to have to play by these rules. And I, I like Noessi's one of the, the the players I like. That's what I thought you would disagree about. I thought you would go with Noessi. He's just yeah. like Noessi. Yeah, it's it's I, I'm a fan of Noessi. It's uh, two starts. Uh, you know, I'm sick of Seattle and Oakland playing each other right? already, man. This has got to stop. How many well, they've times? only played. They've only played four games, so it's like they've only played one series so far. They got a, again at the yeah, end of this week. Yeah, I know that's weird. Enough. Get enough. It, getting those horrible games out of the way early. They've been good games though. So you like Noesi? Suspetas keeps bombing. Yeah. He also has been costing Bartolo Colon runs with <laughs> bad play in center field. But uh, yeah, you like Noesi. Yeah, I like Noesi. And Scott likes the closer. See, here's the thing about the starting pitcher and the le- relief pitcher spot. It. It always seems like a great idea at the beginning of the season, and then during the season, you usually find out it's not as great as you'd think it'd be. The The final numbers still favor the starters, but when a starter has a bad start, he gets no points. And, and a closer is pretty much always going to give you some points. It might only be 10 or 15, but there will be some points there. So, you know, maybe with Noessi in a two-start week, you can say, well, if he just... If just one of those starts is decent, it'll it'll be worthwhile. But considering we we haven't really seen him in this role, I, I think I'd still go with Gara. That's that's the long explanation. Done for the but day. Back tomorrow. Oh, we do need last a rule, word. rule change. Maybe that that'll <laughs> that'll <laughs> fix all this. Not gonna happen. <laughs> I know. We're done for today. And make sure you check out Fantasy Baseball 365 o'clock Eastern live on CBSSports.com. Talk to you later.